Welcome, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast. Uh, tomorrow, the tour hits the big climbs, but they still have some racing to do in Stage 12, and that they did today. We're going to go over some of that. Reactions and results from Stage 12. Look, one team, they went full team tactics, and they showed how to do it perfectly. Another team, Aura, not so much on them. Uh, ASO, they changed the COVID-19 testing goalposts. What's up with that? Some things that make you go, hmm, the ride of the week or the day. And Jim Okowitz, he summons Black Arts, the Black Magic, or will he be able to? He thinks he might be able to. It's Wednesday, September 10, 2020. This is the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 195. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Look, um, CCC, they're on the outs. They're not going to have a team next year, or so they say. And, well, they're trying to. And Jim Okowitz, he's, uh, he's out there saying, I've pulled the rabbit out of the hat a few times. So let's go to uh, kind of what, what he's uh, said. And I think you'll be quite interested in, um, well, does he have anything? He really doesn't. He doesn't have much going on. <laughs> um, but with that, we can, uh, we can at least take a look at, at the news report. Time is rapidly dwindling for the Jim Okowitz and his Continuum Sports Organization as they fight to have the 2021 World Ambitions alive. But the veteran team boss is still hoping to save the team at the last minute. I can't put a percentage on it, but I pulled a rabbit out of the hat once or twice. So maybe I can reach one more time. Okowitz manager CCC told Cycling News the eve of the Stage 12 Tour de France. Um, look, he's got... He's been able to do this uh, several times before with uh, Motorola 711, and now he's got CCC ramping up. Um, a long-term deal was in place for CCC, but uh, COVID-19 really hampered the Polish company's uh, finances uh, despite uh, pay issues. Here's the kind of the kicker. Since March, Akowitz has been looking for a replacement, but trying to find over 10 million euros during a pandemic is a tough ask. While there has been several interested parties, but nothing has come of the discussions. It has ebbed and flowed since March, but those in interest have played out, and they've all been at this point evaporated from their initial interest to the answer of no. We've gone through a number of scenarios with different people for the last few months, and we're still going on. There's still people knocking on our door, and we're knocking on others' doors. We're willing to talk, but as of uh, we don't have any commissions from anyone for 2021. Um, and then it goes on to say how he was uh, talking with the Spanish Manuel Fanducion. Uh, foundation, which is kind of a thing with Mitch and Scott that came and went, and that was a no-go. Um, they tried, I don't know what's going on, but the point is, Okowitz thinks he might be able to, or this could be the end of an era for Okowitz and his foundation of cycling and his, his long-storied career. You know, he rode with 7-Eleven way back in the day and um, really drew that team to the fore. Obviously, a big, big part of Lance Armstrong. I guess his daughter. Uh, I think she's an Olympic speed skate person, uh, a medalist. And I don't know if she medaled, but she was definitely on the speed skating team. Several Olympics. Um, Aquitz himself was a speed skater. However, <clears throat> Black Magic pulling the rabbit out of the hat. Who knows what's going to happen with him? <clears throat> let's go to let's go to stage twelve and the results from today. Stage 12, look, I said it probably wasn't going to be a GC day, but it was going to be rolling up and down and definitely had the, the chance for some exciting action. And what you saw on the day, the longest stage race, uh, the longest stage of the tour, 218 uh, kilometers from Chavigny to Saran, pretty much a north to south in the, I think, the not quite in the Vosges, but in the Massif Central. Rolling stage with finishing climbs, early sprint points went to Sam Bennett. That's an issue, right? Uh, Boro Hansberger, they were geeked up to take the stage and then um, get back to Sagan and hunt for green and also win. Uh, so they did a lot of work on the front today. But uh, Sam Bennett, 
<clears throat> end up taking the first uh, points of that. Then you had an early break, uh, Irriti from, uh, he was with uh, movie stars, Louis Leon Sanchez, Wal Max Walshied, Niels Pollitt, and Casper Asgreen. They're up the road. You got several climbs coming into the finish. Let's take a look at the actual uh, stage profile. And we can um, at least look, do a little breakdown of kind of where it is as we describe the stage, stage 12, and uh, how that whole thing played out because it uh, it was quite the interesting little battle we had here. So uh, as you can see, it's pretty much going uphill all day. Uh, starts under 200 meters in elevation, ends up over 600. But you've got some kickers here. An early sprint at uh, kilometer point 50. Um, it has a cap four at the 100 kilometer point, another cap four at the 121 kilometer point. And, but it just rolls up and down all day, even with uh, uncategorized climbs. Finally, at the 177 point, Cat three at the Cote de la Croix du Puy, and then um, the bonus points and a Cat two coming in at 187 kilometers. Then Dan Hill with some continuous spiky stuff going on, <clears throat> made, made the race really tough and difficult. <clears throat> what you saw, you saw that uh, that break group out there, and then basically Bora. They, they, look, you can see there's the profile. And I'll just leave this up because it's kind of important. Um, Profile is up and down all day, but they figured with those Cat 3 and that Cat 2, Bora was going to have a chance of dispelling the group of uh, the, the, climb, the the sprinters. Get rid of Bennett, essentially get rid of Bennett, because at that point you'd be able to uh, take some more green points jerseys, po points uh, that Sagan was utterly in uh, need of after yesterday's kind of, and we'll go over that a little bit. Um, so you've got... Bora goes to the front. They're trying to get rid of uh, Caleb Ewing. They're trying to get rid of Sam Bennett. The one that kind of an antagonist here for uh, Sagan is also Mateo Trenton of CCC because he can sprint pretty well. He's been beating him in some of those sprint points, but he also is able to hold on going uphill. Saw that several years ago. Was it, uh, I want to see the 16 or 17 Vuelta. He wins like three stages, some of them over climb. So he did uh, fairly well. And he, can, and he can do that as well. Mattel Trenton, that is. So, Bora goes to the front. They're really pounding away on the Cat 3. You still have then Asgreen and, and Evite are still up the front. are still at the front. And uh, Bora's doing their job. They're kicking out sprinters out the back, and, and they're sitting on the front looking good. Uh, however, um, as they start to hit the climbs, there's about 40-some K left to go. Uh, Sunwebs decides to show them up a little bit. Sunweb takes off with uh, Soren Krog Anderson and uh, Tish Benut. They, they head up the road. Those two are looking quite fine. Um, then you've got, they overtake uh, Ashgreen and Riverty kind of as the, the pelotons as they're taking off, they're taking them over. It's about 43K out. And then um, <laughs> Bora's hand, uh, their grip on the peloton is about as strong and as a three week old baby. It's just, it crumbles and everyone just starts a flurry of attacks. <clears throat> now, what you did not see were um, GC riders going up the road. GC, look, tomorrow it's going to be Hellstrom Day. They, they know that the, the next two, three days, especially uh, Friday and then Sunday are going to be really bad. Saturday, questionable, depending on how they race those two. So um, the GC guys were kind of like, just we're, we're going to do our thing. We're going to stay here. And But it allowed for a bunch of guys to try to get up the road. You ended up having Mark Soler go up the road, Max Schachman, uh, Bora. Now, Bora... They blew it apart in, they had two guys up the road. I don't know if Kamna was one, but definitely Shockman and another one were up the road. 
and trying to get in that break. And uh, did that help? Did that help uh, Sagan? Well, at one point, he's dangling off the back. And the real point was you'd been on the front all day trying to get rid of sprinters in hopes that Sagan could do something. So instead of having your, your, your climbers up the road um, vying for the win, covering breaks, it's all fine and dandy, you then leave Sagan kind of open and vulnerable at the back and not being able to uh, really do his thing himself. Um, as it was, you had Pierre Rolon, Dumarchi, uh, Shockman, uh, Yesu Serrata, King Kenny Elisande was also up there. Uh, Mark Soler then takes the cat two points himself solo over the Cote de la Croix du Puy. Uh, Lysenko also tried to make a move in there. and But then Mark Hershey, you see him, Sunweb, he bridges up to the group. Uh, he gets up to them. Mark Soler then takes off again on the on the last follow of the cat two climb. Up the is there a name here? The Souk du May, I think that's what it is. Seven point four percent at three point seven kilometers, and uh, Soleil takes off, and then um, Mark Hershey, who we've seen on stage two and nine, narrowly missing out on the wins. Look, stage two, he got uh, behind a little bit with a sprint finish with uh, Alaphilippe, never was able to come around him until after the finish line. Stage nine, he was out on his own, about 80 kilometers, gets caught by the, the kings of the tour this year, Roglic, uh, Pog- Pogacar, uh, who else was in there? Anyway, uh, uh, Bernal, and he was able to then out sprint, well, he didn't, he took off on the sprint too soon and he was out sprinted by Pogacar and Roglic. So this time he decides it's about uh, 40, what, 30 some K or so. And he decides to 28 K. I think he puts on the hurt just outside that point and he took off and he ended up holding off for the victory. He went right through Soleil. He had a little bit of a gap over the top uh, of the last climb. And then he descends quite nicely. We saw that on stage nine as well. Um, holds him off. The, the, there was a group behind. You had Philippe in there. He was all over his bike. He had, I don't know, some bike problems. He's trying to attack. He's just not quite clicking in at this point. Maybe that's why he was going so hard uh, to begin with on the tour. Uh, but they were not able to, they, they had like 30 some seconds and there's a, it was a big group of these guys and they never brought it into sides, uh, what, 40 some seconds. And at that point, a um, little bit too much, uh, too little, too late. And you did not, um, not be able to, uh, Get, it, get him, Mark Hershey, finally he holds on. You know, he's tried those three times. Uh, but, you know, luckily he was able to do this. 22 years old, we're like, oh, he finally was able to do this. It's his first tour. It's his first pro win. And, uh, yes, he was finally able to hold on. You know, this, is some, this, is, this makes careers. This is what uh, people will love to do. And he was actually able to do it in his first um First Tour de France, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about him because he's probably someone that you're going to be seeing a lot of uh, coming up. And, you know, the fact that he has uh, Cancelar kind of on his side um, says something. So here's the, here's the results from the day. Mark Hershey, five hours, eight minutes and 49 seconds. Pierre Roland, 47 seconds back. Soren Krog Anderson, his teammate, gets uh, third at 52. That team did great today. Um, B&B Hotels. Pasher, I mean, I thought it was Pierre Roland, but maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was Pasher up there. That makes more sense. Um, Jesus Serrata, Shackman, Hugo Hule, Sebastian Reichenbach, Kenny Alessande, and Nicholas Roach, and he keeps on going down. And then um, Peter Sagan comes in at 13th place, 230 back. He was actually able to take the field sprint narrowly over Greg Van Avermaet uh, in 14th and then 15th for Stabin, um, Stuyven. So, you know, Wout Van Aert is a nemesis there in 19th place. As far as the GC goes, uh, 
Primoz Roglic, nothing changed there over Egan Bernal. We're going to see, you know, big shakeup on that tomorrow. Uh, Martin Guillaume Martin, Roman Bardet, Quintana, Iran, points jersey. It narrowed a little bit today. Uh, Sam was able to take some, uh, but uh, I think Sagan moved up like four points on the day. So that's not a big move there. Youth didn't change. King of the Mountain will be interesting because Kostnafoy, he can't get over a climb to save his life right now. And he's hovering at 36 points. Non Peters had had a brilliant day. What stage? I want to say eight. And he's got 31 points there. Uh, but Mark Hershey coming in 31 points, and you're starting to see he can get up and over climbs. They're not taking time back on him when he's getting up the road. You know, the only one was on stage nine where he was uh, the very last climb up the Col de Marie Blanc, which was very steep. He was actually got some time back on him. So Tom Scoins 24 points. I don't know how he's going because he kind of got his ass ripped open. In the in the final there, uh, on one of the stages from uh, from a wreck. But let's actually take a listen to the final call on the on the stage and see what the, the, how they brought it. This was a brilliant ride from Mark Hirschi, and at 22 years of age, he is one of the youngest ever riders to take a victory at the Tour de France. Remember, he's only just 22. Mark Hirschi denied by a 21 year old into La Reims in the shape of Tadej Pogacar. Now he makes it all his, and this is a special rider announcing himself in the best possible fashion on the biggest bike race in the world and he's done it and finally the emotion shows all that control gives way to glory and delight mark he or she is a big time player on the tour you better believe yes big time player on the tour better believe it uh very impressive from what he's done first tour finally gets his win uh finally finally gets his win poor guy 22 years of age uh let's uh, go through some finish line quotes just seeing what uh, some of these writers we're saying about everything. Um, it's unbelievable. I was two times close today. Never believed I can make it because it was really doubtful. I went full gas the last few hundred meters. It was super nice. I can't describe it. It's hard to find words. Um, he wasn't the greatest finish line quote person. And I'm saying that not, not for what he said here, but uh, with the interview that they had with him. It's a little bit, uh, you know, guys new to this. He's probably going to look back in a few years and go, eh, I didn't, I didn't say the best things. Uh, Max Shockman, he was six on the stage. He said, Mark Hersey was unbeatable today. We created a strategy for Peter Sagan with me and Leonard Kamna to go into the attacks, but it proved to be too hard. There was nothing any of us could do. Hershey was stronger than all of us. Well, he was, but also that Tish Benu and Soren Anderson, they were ridiculous too. The 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 way that they set it up and, and the coach, you know, look afterwards, he's describing how they were planning the day and it was exactly as it went. So you go, huh, maybe that's, uh, well, it's easy for him to do hindsight. Um, Julian Alaphilippe, if I tried harder to win the stage, I would be disappointed. I tried my best, but Mark Hershey was the strongest today. I made the effort and thought it was the right time not to go for it, but Hershey was too strong. Tomorrow, maybe I'll give it another try. Um, he didn't go when Hershey did, and he tried to go later. And at that point, it was her, the, the kind of the front group was already too far up the road, and he was going to have to, to close down. I think the, the GC point was uh, the yellow jersey was over a minute and a half or so back when, when Alaphilippe finally went up the road. I don't know. He probably should have gone a lot earlier. Um, it was Primus Roglic. Uh, it was maybe not the easiest stage. We expected a breakaway to go immediately in the beginning, but the guys from the other teams were pulling strongly. Again, not really a rest day, I guess. Today was, I think, uh, a good warming up again. Tomorrow we'll probably have to expect an even harder stage at the end. Yeah, no kidding. Hopefully we just continue your ride this way. The whole team, tomorrow there's a new challenge in front of us. Yep. Egan Bernal doesn't say anything about his hair, but he does have some comments about uh, the stage. It was a long over 200 kilometers, no duh. There was a lot of stress because they were racing for time bonuses. Things were finally calmed down after the break went. 
I think we'll really feel it in our legs tomorrow. It's a hard stage with steep climbs, and so it will affect the GC. I don't think they're going for time bonuses. They're going for sprint point bonuses. Uh, there was a time bonus on the last climb up, but the GC guys didn't uh, make a make an effort for that. Finally, there was not a battle for GC. We were the whole day thinking about the bonuses. Seconds on the very last climb. Okay. Finally, the breakaway has taken time, but it was a really hard day. Yeah, so the times were taken, so it didn't really matter. Bora was pulling really hard for Sagan, trying to fight for the green jersey. It was really a hard day, and for sure, tomorrow we will feel it in the legs. We have seen the stage tomorrow when we did recon. The last two kilometers are really steep and really hard. Sweet. I like to hear that. Uh, we need to arrive there as fresh as we can and to do our best because there will sure be a difference. Yes, uh, I imagine there will be and uh, should be should be a good day for a battle out there. Now, look, we had COVID-19 uh, testing that was done the other day. And, you know, we've talked about this before. But in case you're, you're new to all this, uh, the UCI had come out before the tour saying if two people on your team, your entourage, that includes staff and team, tested positive during the tour, they were out. Then they said, oh, that's a little bit harsh, just two riders. But the French government said, no, um, we're sticking with this. It's, it's two people um, test positive and you're going to be out of the, out of the race. So they tested on um, the first rest day. And with that test, they came up with four teams positive, but it was uh, no riders. So it was uh, Mitchell and Scott. Um, you also had Ineos. Uh, AG2R, and there was another team in there, and we could go over what those were. Uh, Kofidis, those were two French teams, uh, Michelin, Scott, and Ineos. Now, what they've said is they're actually backing that down, and they're saying, hey, we're actually going to do reset for the second rest days. Okay, seems a little odd. Um, those teams, we are expecting the counters for the next round of tests. However, it if before those tests, one of the four teams has another positive, then they will be out. That was a source. Uh, that's what they, they conferred the reset to cycling news. Um, Special Tour de France COVID-19 protocol states that if two members of a team or rider test positive for the virus within a seven-day period, the whole team <laughs> will be excluded. So now it's within a roll. I don't know if within a rolling seven-day, but it's in a seven-day period. Um, if another case emerges in the four teams this week, then they will be removed from the tour. However, the confirmation that the case counter will reset to zero ahead of the second rest day means that the four teams are no longer on quite the same knife edge entering their next round of mass testing. ASO and UCI confirmed on Tuesday <clears throat> before the start of the stage, 11, that staff members of Ineos and da 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 had, had tested positive. We know that. Christian Prudhomme had done so. Um, look, what's the point of the testing? Is the testing for the teams? Is it testing for, to not, uh, for the health and protection of the teams? Or is it to not just, uh, have the spread around France? Um, None of the none of the protocols here really seem applicable to real world. I, I just doesn't seem like it's it's doing. I don't know what the, that's what I'm saying. What's the intent? Because it just feels like it's not really doing anything that it's supposed to be doing here. Um, if it's health of the riders, well, I don't think it really. Didn't, if they're coming down with symptoms, maybe so. Uh, but the way they're bubbling these off, they're not spreading it on the road to each other. I would imagine. Um, that's probably why you saw team mechanics getting it. If you're looking to not spread the the, the around the, the country. I don't think this rolling tour in, in, with teams is really going to be doing that either. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of odd, but I'm glad they're actually changing this because it seemed a little too draconian and not really, I mean, if someone tests positive, just have them go, right? Have them leave. Um, and if you, if a really a bad thing, you would have seen more than four on the first rest day. So I think um, at that point, 
you're not really getting too much of a problem overall. And plus, there's a lot at stake here. You have a lot of, like I said before, you have a bunch of French riders. You have a bunch of uh, Colombian riders. But uh, mostly, I said, you have a bunch of French riders all <laughs> up there. That, well, two at least. Guillaume Martin and Roman Bardet. They're both doing well. So you got to protect those guys. And anyway, that's what we have. The rolling seven-day COVID reset on tap for now. Uh, Sagan sprint fallout. We talked a little bit about Sagan yesterday. Uh, check back on stage uh, episode 194 for that. Um, just some things I'd like to refresh and kind of reset on that. Uh, to think about it. Um, Horner, he has, uh, and I've, I've suggested people check this out before. He has a, a, a YouTube channel and he does a daily recap. It's like eight, nine minutes or so. Um, it's called the butterfly effect. And Horner is one of my favorite for breaking down analysis. He just has a different way of thinking about everything. But one of the things he said uh, on his show last night was the riders actually couldn't break. And he brings a bike out there. Now, he's probably not the best person for this because he's like, look, where their hands are in the drops, they're down lower, they're sprinting, they can't actually access the, the, the brakes. You can. Okay, as a sprinter, you can grab a handful of brake from the drops even when you're in a full sprint if you need to. Matter of fact, uh, Hofstetter, he put a, a tweet up. He's like, I didn't usually use Twitter, but um, and he showed a picture. Of, it was him that before uh, Sagan went into uh, Wout or went up the road to go to Wout, uh, he basically came across on him. And he said, if you had uh, if you had hit me, I'd probably be in the hospital. He goes, but I'd grab my brakes. Yeah, so you can obviously do that. That happens. Uh, Sagan said uh, he made the choice. Well, well, first of all, he made the choice to dive down the barriers himself. So that's it's on him. Uh, in a sense, he said, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and, and then also those members, those back from the tour of Turkey uh, saying Grunewagen should have been put in jail and, and, and it was a criminal offense for what he did. Um, I really hope you are okay with what, um, the, you know, de the relegating Sagan because it's, it's similar in, in effect. If you're going to go that extreme, you're going to say Sagan was dangerous. And I was kind of on the fence on it yesterday. I mean, I, I, I probably came out a little bit more just the reaction of, yeah, I don't have a problem with relegating him. I don't think what he's doing, uh, first of all, when you see Wout has the straightest line possible, eh, then, then Sagan's just doing what he thought. Um, Taylor Finney, um, nothing, 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 I think he's still high because there was uh, some stuff he had here about um, the tour and uh, Sagan, and he's like, um, see if I could find it out here. At a further interview, uh, Sagan was asked, this is what Sagan said, it was asked about uh, Wout Van Aert. You know, let me, let's talk about this first. Go back to uh, Taylor Finney. Taylor Finney, uh, and I don't have the quote here, but he's basically like, hey man, that was badass. You're not only a badass rider, what you did was badass and that was cool. And I'm like, I don't know, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a little dangerous. And, and only, it's, it's the mode and the mindset we're in now from the tour of Turkey and trying to be a little bit safe. And Sagan thinks he's, uh, you know, king on a bike and can do almost anything. So he, he does try to do those things. And there's been talk about him for a long time and his kind of cavalry, uh, cavalier type of attitude and way he rides a bike. But he is, he is a great bike rider. Um, and then it is sprinting too. So I'm not going to take too much uh, pushback on that necessarily. But with that said, he what he was doing, I don't think it was the safest thing. Um, but there was a reaction. Remember, there was some language back and forth between um, Sagan and Wout, and this is what he was saying about it. In a further interview with French television, Sagan was asked about Wout's uh, reaction to the maneuver. Sagan says, uh, after a finish like that, everybody can have an excess reaction. It's a question of emotions, Sagan said. I have experience of all that. He's young and strong, but he must also be a little bit more relaxed. 
Wout uh, laughed and asked Sporza to respond to Sagan's comments. I think I'd better not respond. He said, of course, I reacted myself yesterday, but not in the right way. I freely admit that. Maybe that was not the right start to a conversation. Uh, but I, I totally understand it. Um, but evidently, it was uh, Wout coming up to Sagan to try to explain himself. And Sagan was like cursing him out and, and all heated. Um, who knows? Who knows? I All I do know is, though, that they got a little bit, as the, as the Euros say, argy-bargy. And uh, maybe it wasn't the best little situation. But anyway, how about some things that make you go, hmm. Um, masks on the podium. I I saw this today. I was thinking about Hershey. I'm like, hey, it's his first Tour de France. He uh, gets a win. It's his first pro win. He gets to go up on the podium and uh, post up there. And he's got a mask on. And it sucks because you don't have a good picture of yourself, you know, winning having the yellow lion being able to you know, project out there to all your friends and family and have something that you get to, and instead you're going to put something up on the wall and, and you're masked up this whole time. I'm like that's pretty sucky and you're, you got enough distance. Why not just let those guys take the mask off, take a photo, be fine, you know, put the mask back on and go. I mean, there's, there's, there's distance up there. Maybe even take those two weird, whatever they're putting two people up there. I don't know what the point, I guess they're dignitaries. It's kind of some, some weight because they can't have the podium girls anymore. So they, when I say can't, I mean, they decided not to. So maybe just have it where they're up there all by themselves. They come up there without a mask on, have their picture taken and, and be out there. I mean, someone like Hershey, he definitely wants it. Now I did see Egon Bernal. He was up there today and he's probably the one person we should all want to have the mask on. And he probably wants it on more than we do because that haircut, he wants to hide from that forever. Why can you not just shave the whole thing, Egon. It's it's uh, poofed out. It's all shaved around the sides. It's obviously done like you. Well, you said you did it yourself without a flowbie or any kind of uh, assistance. And uh, can someone just get him a hermetically sealed um, shaver and and have let him shave the head? Take care of the whole thing from now on. It's pretty bad. So, um, but you know, look, if you're just a cat one or cat two, maybe you're 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 just a racer, an amateur. Maybe you can fool your family and say, look at this and say, hey, I'm I'm being pro. I, I'm I'm a I'm a pro. Look at me. I'm on I'm on the podium. You just that's a that's a mask on my face, so you can't really recognize it. We don't be able to do that except for uh, with Bernal. Oh, how about the upcoming stages? Upcoming stages uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm pretty excited about. Let's go to the see if we can find um, the, the profile because this one has uh, really good kicking. It might even be worse than I don't know if it's worse than than Sundays. Sundays is going to have a lot of. A lot of uh, sustained climbing where tomorrow stage 13 is going to have just some really brutal tons of climbing. Okay, so stage 13, we've got to Pas de Poel, La Puy, Marie. I think Jonathan Scriven in our uh, review show talked anytime you see the word Puy, it's a volcano, a volcano. So I think they were going to go up to there. Last climb. Um, so you, you start off right away with a Cat 1, Cat 1 at, at 30, uh, crests the top of the Cat 1. At 35k in, uh, crest the cat three at 63k in, and by 85 kilometers you've already done a cat one, a cat three, and a cat two. That's that's pretty gnarly. Then some descent as a sprint down there. What's the odds that anybody uh, that even a Sagan will get to that? Uh, I don't know. Then you head right out of there with a cat three, 
another cat three, and then a two and a one that are basically in connection with each other. So there's a little bit of respite down uh, the 180 kilometers to crest the cat two with a time bonus. That could be kind of like uh, we saw with stage nine with uh, Roglic and Pogacar kind of doing a little battle. Not much of a descent. And then boom, from one, I don't, I don't even know what the distances are, but they end at 192. So last 12K, they have a little bit of a descent. And then the final climb, 8.3%. And I can't see how many kilometers because the, the, the digits are running into the, the wording going on the other way. But as you're going to see, that goes up to 1,600 meters. They start the day at 400 meters, a lot of climbing through the day, and it's going to be brutal on stage 13. Stage 14, as we talked, the Col du Buil, uh, Cat 2. They do hit a Cat 4 right away, which isn't going to be much. Cat 2, Cat 3, there's a 4 and a 4. I think you're going to see, it looks like, oh, maybe it'll be a GC battle. I don't think so because those guys are going to know that the Sunday, <laughs> Sunday has this mammoth thing at the end. Uh, and finally, an HC category, um, pretty brutal climb up to up the Grand Colibier. It's it's a famous one we have, um, but two Cat ones prior to that, and a sprint point and some nonchalance. So from 99 into 175, about 80 some k of climbing on the day, brutal. That's what we got coming up for the weekend and then a rest day. How about the ride of the day? Well, going to Mark Hershey, right? We have to. A uh, former under 23 world champion. He's still under 23. He's only 22. Finally gets his one win. Uh, didn't have the best post-race interview. Uh, I only say that because he kept saying the same thing. I didn't you know, didn't know I was going to make the finish. Da, 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 da. He's been saying, and, and look, that's the, that's the tough time to interview someone right after they're off the bike. Still kind of trying to get their breath, and uh, but kudos to him. Evidently, he lives right near uh, Fabian Cancellara. Evidently, Cancellara is also his manager. Um, interesting. I hope uh, hope that's all done in in whatever language they have. Because have you ever heard seen um, Cancellara when he used to tweet? He would cough eats. He would always say cough eats instead of coffee. So I hope his manager uh, gets someone else for drafting the language on that thing. Uh, that's what we have in store. Anyway. Thank you, everybody, for coming in to the Between Two Wheels podcast. Once again, I appreciate all your attention, giving this show some help. Between Two Wheels podcast, 195, in the books. Share the show. Look, as we're, we're broadcasting on Facebook, once again, because we've got to go live there. And But we're going to be posting everything up once we get a chance to uh, also on uh, YouTube. And hopefully we'll be back streaming there soon. Thanks, everybody.